to the Trinity Force Podcast. Yo, it's that Triforce cast beaming straight to your home. Grab a beer so we know Pony drinking alone. Send an email, a quick tweet, just pick up the phone. Leave a message, hit the beep if you're a creep, watch your tone. Discuss the meta game, patch notes, whatever helps your stats most. Obi Pwn Kenobi is your last hope to snatch gold. So grab your headphones and join in the fun. We'll try and force in some jokes and some cringeworthy puns. Yo, we can make it together, people. Trinity Force Podcast. Boys are second to none, but that's the end of the intro, it's time we've begun. Punch, thanks for doing this. It's uh, So I guess this is the special Patreon episode, which will get released to the rest of everyone in the future. Um, I don't know what episode number this will be, but we recently did 823. We're Good very forward. far on. Yeah, I know. I re- we recorded 823 last night. But yeah, this is another one of the episodes that I've been doing for Hosts Revisited, uh, where I talk with former hosts uh, and people who participated in the podcast. We've done a few of them. And um you are the person that I've gone back the furthest to talk to, so I'm really glad to have you on, Punch. So thanks for doing this, man. Oh wow, uh, I'm, yeah, I was I was thrilled when you messaged me about it. Very happy to do this, and I never thought of myself as a, a way back host, but considering it's still going, I guess that I guess I am, and I guess I'm old. Because I, yeah. I think of the original hosts, and I think of oh the OGs, you know the the founding fathers of the podcast. Like those are <laughs> those are the old guys, but. No, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm part of the old crew now. You're part, I guess, yeah, maybe like mid-generation crew, I guess we'll call it. Then, okay, uh, I can live with that. Point. Yeah. That works, yeah. All right, yeah. I, I'm a little bit younger, yeah. Yeah, I haven't had, I, I want to get Ponophobia on for like a revisited, but uh, he's been busy with lots of real life stuff in the last year or so, or I guess last two years since I've been doing it, moves and shit like that. So I haven't um, troubled to ask, I haven't bothered him to ask him to come on because he still maintains the the website and stuff mm. like that so he's, he's always yeah. been a pretty busy guy but i'm sure yeah. he'd be thrilled to come on yeah yeah i when we did the 800 episode the the quiz show that happens every hundred i asked him to submit some quick question suggestions and some of those got on but damn he put in some really fucking hard questions too <laughs> he's he's very intense is what I learned. Like, yeah, he's he's gonna put 100% effort into everything that he does. Yep. Yeah. So, um, cool. Well, uh, I guess basically, I just yeah, I wanted to talk to you because um, I mean, you're somebody that I remember as a host. I started listening in I th- want to say like season six or seven. Uh, so I think you were still there at the time, maybe towards the end of your tenure. Um, so that would have been 2016, 2017 or so mm. was around when I started listening. So I do remember hearing your voice. Uh, I'll be honest, when I messaged you, I wasn't sure like what the audio of who I was actually going to be talking to when we were uh, going to start up. But in any case, whoever, whomever I got, I was going <laughs> to be happy to. And I'm thrilled that I actually remember you uh, from the beginning of when I started listening. Awesome. Yeah. Like a little mystery box. A little mystery exactly. podcaster box. Um, exactly. Yeah. I, I'm, I was trying to think of when I started, and I want to say it was 2015. Okay. Um, I went. I was like, I still have some old audio recordings here, and nice. I think I deleted some up to episode 400 because the oldest one I have is 400 on to 539. Okay. Um, so I stopped in 2018, started in 2015. I think three years sounds about right. That that sounds about right. I remember hearing you for a solid hundred episodes or so, so that makes sense. If I started somewhere in the that season, I don't know. That sounds about right. So I'm, yeah. I'm touched that you remember me. Did you <laughs> do you remember the intros? Those crazy ass intros I did. Uh, ooh, I don't know if I do, but I That's can right. access the old episodes on the FileZilla, so I could go and grab one of them if I needed to. Uh, to. they're. I had a lot of fun doing them, but I don't I don't know if they're worth a lot of effort in the finding. <laughs> okay. Not, well, so not... for those people who don't know what these crazy ass intros to use your vernacular were, mm. what was it? Was it just like ra- you know random rambling starting up? Like what was uh, <laughs> what was so crazy about them? Um, well, I guess I'll just I'll just give the whole story. So 
Planophobia was doing intros for a bit, and I, he, again, he's a really busy guy. He did a lot of stuff, still does a lot of stuff for the network. Um, so he would just do like a really short intro of, this is what we talk about in the episode, and then play the intro song. Um, okay. So I'm like, you know, I could take that off your hands for you, because I got some ideas. Um, I, like, I just, I just had some ideas of like, uh, of intros that I wanted to do for fun, and like how to take what we talk about in the episode and turn it into something fun. Um, so that might be a really bad song parody that I'd do. Like oh, I did no. I did one for Aurelia when the, during the Aurelia rework. Um, that could okay. be. I mean, they're just so random. Um, like like ref uh, uh, themes or references or um, like I did one where. It was it was supposed to be some sort of parody of Speed, where Dom was sitting on a bomb, and he and Ponohobia were asking or answering listener questions. And the moment they stopped, the bomb would go off, and somehow I turned <laughs> that into an intro. Um, I think probably one of the more notorious ones was the the intro I did for the Urgot rework, which was another terrible song parody, but it was for Trogdor, um, okay. the Trogdor song song from Strongbed. Is that something okay. you're? Is that something you're I familiar did, with? It's I a very old reference at this that, point. No. Okay. At the time, it was an old reference. So now it is ancient. I, I assume anybody younger than me does not know what that is. But well, um, I'll Google it and find out real quick. It was like it was an old Flash video that got a lot of laughs. Um, yeah. You know, like when I was in high school. Um, and you know, at that time, everybody knew the Trogdor song. So the problem is that I couldn't find the audio only music for that song i could only find the version with uh, vocals in it and i'm not like a sound engineer sure. i have no clue what i'm doing the, the best i can do is take background music and put it into audacity with a voice on top of it but that's yep. my that's the extent of my audio skills so i already had the song written out and all these lyrics and i was really excited to sing slash shout shout them into the microphone um, so I did the background music, which is just guitar chords using my mouth, just doing oh. mouth sounds for the guitar, which, which was something like, and then I just set that on repeat. Cause that's basically the entire song. It's just that sure. those chords on repeat and it didn't sound nearly as bad as I thought it was going to. I was actually kind of happy with how it turned out. Um, but I did hear that some people really hated it. So, <laughs> you know, you can't please everybody. Yeah, there's um, always going to be some in a crowd that hate on the creativity. But that's that's a lot cooler than the intros that I've been doing since I've been hosting. I just, right at the beginning, say whatever we're going to talk about and then flip into the banter that we do for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever happens. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the much more professional version. Uh, again, I don't, I, I don't think of my intros as high quality. I just think of me having fun, because that's that's really, like that's that's what I was on the show for was to have fun. Like, yeah, that's what this whole podcast is about. Like none of us get paid at all. It's all just because we enjoy doing volunteer it. Volunteer work, yeah, just having a good time. And so I, so I just had a blast making those intros, and I think some people liked them. So. It sounds like something that I would enjoy listening. Like if I, I listen to podcasts when I go running pretty frequently. So if I heard that, I'd probably have to stop to be like, what the fuck did I just hear in well, a yeah, nice way though? What was that? <laughs> I think there were some good ones in there. They weren't all, again, the Urgot one was probably the worst of the bunch. Sure. But yeah, so, that's... Uh, so how did you first come on to the, the podcast? Like how'd you find the podcast? Did you know a podcaster in real life or like, how did that come about? Um, so I started listening to the podcast pretty early on. I was just looking for a generic League of Legends podcast. Um, and there weren't many at the time. Yeah, so I think, now there's I think, a lot more. So we've been crowded out quite a bit by oh, a yeah. lot of stuff. But yeah, now there, but at the beginning there was, it was you guys and nothing else for the most part. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm just listening, trying to find something to listen to at work. And I tried Trinity Force podcast. It was the only one I tried. I'm like, this is good. I like this. I like that it's uh, not super high production. You know, it just it sounds like a bunch of people having a conversation, a bunch of people that were knowledgeable about the game having a conversation, and also they were friends and having a good time. Yeah. Um, which I think is what the podcast has always been, and and I really liked that about it. 
that's what we still try to maintain about it is yeah it's like it's not that high production value it's just us talking uh and that's about it for the most part yeah love that um so yeah i just i i listened to it i liked it um i and then i just kind of started interacting with the community um Mm -hmm. like I, i i would just a lot of the interactions on Twitter then, so okay. I'd, I'd tweet at the the show account, which I think was just Ponophobia, so I was just talking to him, really. <laughs> um, I would do a haiku for every new episode and like tweet them my haiku for the episode. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I think on the first episode, 100, I think it was either 100 or 200, one of those, they, they just invited um, listeners on. So anybody that wanted to come on and like ask a question or, or say whatever could, could do that. Um, so I joined that and I, I challenged to Claude to a Disney sing-off battle, which was great. Okay. Um, or did that happen twice? I'm going to mutter the phrase, <laughs> I don't remember a lot during this episode. Just, just, That's fine. Just a heads up. I might, they might have done that twice where people got to come on. Yeah, yeah. I think the f- so like episode 100, I came on and did uh, a sonnet instead of a haiku, just like a Shakespearean sonnet that I wrote out about all the all the hosts on the podcast. And then the okay. second time, I hopped on and challenged De Claude to a Disney sing-off. Um, yeah, that was a good time. So, uh, yeah, I just kept interacting with the community. Um, at one point, I think Polophobia was looking for uh, AD Carry for his fives team, and I was an AD Carry main at the time, so. I started playing with him, um, and then the podcast had an opening, and they had none of the hosts were to carry mains. None of them provided a lot of insight to that role, and so he just asked me. He said, "Hey, you got a good-sounding podcast voice. You want to hop on and talk about Eddie Carry stuff?" And I said, "Yeah, let's do it." Nice. And then that was it. That's how I joined. That's awesome. That's the path that a lot of us took. Some of us, I. I know uh, for people that I've recruited, some of them it's been, I've reached out to them a couple of times. It's been people reaching out to me. Um, yeah, but I would agree that I think you do have uh, the good voice for radio and a face for oh. it too. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> I've not heard that. Thank you. That is, now I'm blushing. I couldn't <laughs> wait for the, I couldn't hold that joke back. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, when I started um, when I joined the podcast, I never listened to it again because I hate listening to the sound of my own voice. You know, some people can't stand it. I'm just one of those. It's like it. Sure. How I sound in my head is not how I sound when I listen to myself. You know, being played back. So I don't, yeah, nobody sounds it. exactly like they think either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I don't love when I have to. I mean, I do have to listen to my own voice to make sure that everything works for the podcast when I'm editing together. But in general, yeah, I don't love it. Like I don't vehemently hate it. I'm not like you know to that level where there's some like actors in Hollywood that just refuse to ever watch anything they're ever oh, in. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not that level at all. Like I'll listen to myself. I'm not. Not I don't do it incessantly. Like I'm not full of myself, but I will. I'll have to oh, listen yeah, yeah. to myself to make sure that everything works. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to say that anybody that does do that like just loves hearing right. themselves speak, but. Right, <laughs> but so, somebody definitely needs to look to it again for the audio audio quality. Make sure everything's going out okay. Yes, it's a big exactly. thing in podcasting. Yeah, which uh, it's not. It doesn't take that long to edit it together and make sure that it's just like it's like a five minute process at this point. But um, yeah, it's not bad at all. So uh, okay, I guess to rewind because I kind of skipped uh, to like the third question that I had for notes. Then how did you get into League of Legends originally? Was it oh god. You know, did you, were you one of the people that purchased the uh, the early access disc and got exclusive skins, or how did you get into the game, man? <laughs> I don't think I ever heard of that. There was yeah, a that's disc? how a, there, yes, there was a disc, and they sold them in like Walmart and Target and stuff. Uh, and that's how it's the only way that people could have gotten like I think there were like two skins that were exclusive to that, mm. and still no one else except if they bought that to this day can get those skins. Was that the like the Black Alistar or something? I think yeah, that was a I super think, rare skin. Black Alistar uh, is one of them. King Ramus was one as well. Oh. Uh, there's a couple more. I mean, the super rare ones as well extend into the people that went to PAX like in 2010 and 2011. They gave out some PAX skins there. Um, those are mostly the super rare skins uh, that you barely ever see. Well, evidently, I did not start out with the disc. <laughs> but I did start playing pretty early on, and uh, I think it was 2010. Um, 
That's season one. Pretty then. sure it was 2010. That's when I played too, yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow, you've been playing hell of a long time. Too long. Pa- power too long. Too, yeah. 13 years. <laughs> too long. <laughs> yeah, because I, th- I, I, I stopped around... Um, I stopped playing around the time I stopped the podcast, so I thought however however long that was was a long time. Eight years. Um, but so well, yeah, you, so if you when, live to see the Aurelia rework, then you probably stopped in season eight, is my guess. Yeah, sounds about right. So so when you started playing, it was um, yeah, like old, old original pyramid feet models and yep. Constant uh, flickering on the side, everywhere around your screen, and yeah, there was. Uh, yeah. I think I, when I started, there was a snow map for Summoner's Rift because it yes. was based off of the Winter Olympics at the time, right? Yep. Um, yeah. Well, also oh, maybe no, it might have been that. It might have also just been that it was they did that around the holidays. Um, or, or, or like that. They, they did that a few times, and I know they brought that back. But since they've made the they read it since I mean you know they redid the the map because you played on it, but since then they have not, and I think they've officially said they will not do a winter map because it takes too much time to do it for the money that they get back for it, which is really sad. That is sad. Now yeah. we got we got big big corporate now making money yeah. decisions. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, way back in the day, I think the first character I bought was Poppy. Okay. Um. Because I just really liked the idea of the charge mechanic of not running somebody into a wall. And I still love when I, I like when I quit playing. I was still playing Poppy. I just think yeah. that's one of the, the most fun moves you can do. That she that's in the she, game. She is very. I mean, expect, like she's gotten more fun since her rework too. Although I will say it was super fun back in the day to throw your ultimate on somebody and then annihilate somebody else if you went like full <laughs> AP Poppy. Yep. Uh, gold. <laughs> All the support, and then just run through the enemy team. Like, all right, yep. no, w- one second, guys. One second, I just got to kill your carry real fast. <laughs> yeah. Good and time. if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, go look up, like, Poppy pre-rework, what her ultimate did. Oh, That's yeah. That's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> and this game's been around for so long now. It's, yeah. I, I'm realizing that you can't just make references to the older version of the game, because it's been around for so long, people have no clue what you're talking about. There's yeah. A, there, was like no, a... there was an original Poppy? Yep, there's a lot of people that we interact with in the community that I might make a reference to something and then they'll be like, wait, what? Uh, Because, I mean, a lot of champions would be reworked at this point or like, you know, the winter map. Like, people didn't know that they did that. Mm Because it just doesn't happen anymore. I mean, one of our podcasters uh, started playing in season 10. So, like, three years ago. And he doesn't know any of this shit at all. So when we bring (laughs) it up, then I get to educate him and it feels really nice. (laughs) Oh, he's so free. There's no burden of knowledge there. Yup. Blank exactly. slate. He doesn't remember the struggles of trying to clear the jungle and still survive. He doesn't remember, <laughs> like, oh god, twisted tree line was barely a thing, and then it was removed. And oh man, mm-hmm. D- doesn't remember Dominion. I love oh, Dominion. I love Dominion too. That was a good map. That was yeah. a fun game mode. That was a fun game mode. Yeah. Okay. So. uh when did you transition away from, uh, I guess, playing Poppy or figuring out like that you wanted to be an ADC main? And did you hop around to different mains? Like, how, what did that all look like for you? Um, how did I decide on ADC? I don't know. I think, I think I just played the game for a while and then just kind of found a role that oh, this feels good. Um, sure. I should focus on this, and that probably came with listening to the podcast too, because you know there's a lot of strategy talk in this show. Um, yeah. So when I started listening to this podcast um, often, I would think about the game more strategically. And, well, if I would really want to climb or if I really want to get better, then I should focus on one role. So I think AD carry was just kind of the one that, that fit. Um, but that did change because um, I met another group of friends um, I don't, it's at some point while I was doing the podcast that needed a top laner. And I had very little experience with top, but... I liked this group of guys. I'm like, okay, I'll I'll join. And I'll learn a new role, and so actually, I probably played more top lane overall, over my okay. my League of Legends career, I'd say. Because what um, were your go-to champions in ADC and top lane, respectively? I mean, I know some of it changes with the meta and everything, but like in general, oh yeah, you like to play. I was a to- for ADC. I was a total meta slave. Like, I, okay. I, I would whoever was strong, I'd pick them. I played a lot of Caitlyn because okay. Caitlyn was frequently strong, and 
a very safe laner. Um, yep. And I was always of the mindset that you know if you if you win early game and you have a power spike in mid game, then that sets yourself up sets yourself up for a, a good chance of victory. So I'd play a lot of her. Yeah. I played a lot of Ezreal. Um, but I I learned them all because they all cycled through. Yeah. Being meta at one point. Um, yeah, they do. For the record, those two are two of the weakest ADCs right now in the current meta. So. Beautiful, love it. Yep. I, yep. One of the best things about League is how often it changes. Yes, that's true. One of the best and the worst, depending on what the changes true. were. Right. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't play, if, yeah, if you play once a week or so, um, that's that's got to be that's rough because the game's constantly yeah. changing. You don't know what's good. You just got to focus on you know your your core set of champions and just get really good at those. Right. Um, which is kind of more what I did for top lane. Um, I would I would dabble with the meta a little bit, but I really enjoyed certain champions like Camille, Kled. Okay. Um, I, I I would throw new Poppy into the top lane, even though she's supposed to be a tank. I would build with Trinity Force because it was just too much fun to, to not do that. Um, a pocket Alawi because. Ooh, it's, okay. just, it's too fun to 2v1 when the jungler ganks you and you get a double kill. Yeah. Um, and then like a, a Quinn, just to deal with those annoying... Okay. Those those bruisers like Darius, people that just... When you get in melee range of them, they screw up your day. They don't want you to have any fun. So you screw up their yeah. day by taking Quinn top lane and just staying out of the range. Yep, and no, those just... champions are all the same as you since the last time you played them. I mean, like numbers adjustments and shit, but like nothing else has changed really with them. Although Quinn is, uh, so I don't, in the last few years they've been doing things at the end of the season. They have like the community vote. Uh, they being like Riot Central, like has everyone. They all open up a poll and then everyone can vote on who of like five champions they should rework, and then mm. they whoever wins that wins the like will get reworked. So the last couple have been like Mundo got one. Um, like two years ago, and then Udir got one. Uh, Skarner is currently going through one, and then Quinn has been in the vote several times, but has never won it. I think it's only a matter of time for yeah. Quinn because her her kit is outdated as hell. Um, it, yeah. I, I, I want to go back to Udir in a second because that's actually very yeah that that interests me. Um, one more person I wanted to mention was Aurelia, but old Aurelia, because yes. old Aurelia was much easier to play than new Aurelia. <laughs> When they made Much new Aurelia, easier. I was so excited. I'm like, this is going to be great. Look at this new kit. AoE stun. Um, but I could not figure I, I never could figure it out. I, I never it, could capture the old glory that I had with original Aurelia. Yeah, it's fucking hard to play new Aurelia. Like, old Aurelia was not necessarily easy either compared to some of those champions. But uh, new Aurelia is so hard to play well. Yeah, easy was the wrong word. Because um, she also she struggled a lot in landing phase. It was... It was farming until you got that Trinity Force, and then you could go take off. But mechanics-wise, a lot simpler than the new version. A hell of a lot simpler, yeah. Okay, so Udyr. Yes. How the hell did they remake Udyr? Okay, like, how so... Like, how do you they... change that original kit? Okay, so what they did was they scrapped his old passive, because the passive was kind of crap. Do you remember what it was at all? Uh, some bonus so he, when he swapped stances, was it? Yeah, or? that was it. It was literally like it would stack up three times. Uh, if you change stances, then you would get uh, a move speed and a little bit of attack speed that would stack per the amount of times you've changed in a certain oh, amount right. of time. Yeah. And if you didn't, ch yeah, that was it. And originally dodge chance, but they removed that in like season one. So, um, yeah, it's it was that. So they scrapped that entirely. They kept the the same idea of phoenix uh, turtle. Um, bear, although they renamed the bear to boar to line up with lore stuff, and then uh, tiger, the tiger, yeah, I think it got changed. Maybe it's like a saber tooth now or something. So similar, but yeah, it's so basically each ability changes how he autos and has a slight effect, basically like it was before. So okay. the but you can recast it if your passive is ready for an upgraded version. So the 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 bear stance still just uh, gives you a move speed and then stuns. That's all it does. The enhanced bear stance um, does a little bit more damage, and I don't think it stuns longer, but your move speed that you get, it doubles the effect, and uh, your seat, your crowd control immune for the, like a couple seconds. Hmm. You can run through the whole team. to You get an Olaf ultimate effect, okay. basically. So there's an enhanced um, version of each stance now. 
Yes, enhanced version, yeah. So the shield, now, when you enhance that, you rapidly regain a bunch of health, uh, and then your shield is massively increased as well for a small duration. The phoenix... Uh, so when you use the phoenix in its base form, it's no longer, like, autoing it. Like, it doesn't do the cone. It's now, like, a little circle that follows Udyr that deals AoE damage around him and slows people. Then if you enhance it, you can... Uh, Double like doubles the slow, it increases the damage, and then it follows the most recently most recent target you attack. So if you auto someone and walk away with it, it that spinning maelstrom stays above them and follows them. Um, so there's people that experiment with like full AP Udi or where that oh, thing because yeah. that does max percent max health damage. So if you get like 800 AP, it's gonna do like 40 or 50 percent of your uh, health over you know, that period. I, I'm yeah. glad that they still have. Um, AP options or like hybrid options for, for characters. That's one of the things that I, I was afraid would be lost with champion remakes, that you'd lose that option to build them AD or AP or, you know, whatever. Tank, tank version. That I've always thought that was a strength in the league, is being able to have multiple builds for characters. It really changed their playstyle. It does. I mean, a good example is someone who they just stripped it away, but Blitzcrank got a whole bunch on the re most recent patch, which is live now. They stripped it out, but uh, like last December or so, they gave him some jungle buffs. So he would like his power fist would do like a shitload of extra damage to monsters, and then his ultimate would do a bunch of extra damage to monsters too. And his W would like he'd get more attack speed with like AP ratios and stuff. It ended up being that. People didn't like playing it much, so they removed it to oh. balance, for balance purposes. But it was a thing for a bit. It's like some of those they've done, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I you know I I'm. It feels natural just be sitting here and then going into League of Legends detail. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think that would happen, but because I again I haven't played for maybe five years or so, but yep. just hearing how the game has changed still, still fascinates me. I think that was one of. Um, my favorite things about doing the show were those patch notes, patch note episodes. I just yep. loved analyzing what the changes were going to be, and then trying to predict how it was going to change the game. Because um, again, like the meta changed so often, it was it was always fun for me to try to figure out, um, like who's out, right? What what meta champions are out? Who's in now? Um, and then how do you counter those new meta champions? Or what's in the you know at the end of every season you have these huge similar sort of changes like okay so yeah. what's what's the strategy going to be what's the jungle route going to be um what's the priority for dragon yep. all that stuff that was it, it was a lot of fun to analyze all those changes it was a lot of fun yeah that we recorded that last night uh and it's i uploaded it this afternoon so yeah that one's actually that one's out as well uh, brilliant but uh yeah it's i mean some of those things that you brought up don't impact as much so actually at the end of they moved from one ranked season to splitting it halfway down the middle so it's two ranked splits now and then uh a dev blog got released so next year it's going to be three and there's going to be no preseason. it just kind of jumps right into the next one um and then also the generally in balance like i, re I remember those days back in you know, a lot earlier in league, it would be like someone gets strong because they buff them up, and then later on they hit them with the nerf hammer, and they're kind of gone. Like their right. win rate drops off a fucking cliff. That's not how it really works as much anymore, which I, I like and I don't like. Almost every champion is viable generally, like you know, situation agnostic, right? Because some champions get countered by all sorts of different stuff. Um, so they a lot more do uh, slight adjustments up and down, and it's it's pretty rare to see champions that are played a lot above a 52.5% win rate or so, and mm. most of them are uh, no less than like 47. So there's not really, unless people are playing someone where they're not designed to be, like they just really, they released a champion a couple months ago who uh, was balanced around being a mid lane assassin and then can go into top, and people have been playing her jungler and she's like, the worst jungler in the game, but she's not balanced around it at all. She has no jungle synergies. It's just a bad idea to be playing uh, the champions in the Fury. Don't play her in the jungle, folks. It's <laughs> fucking awful. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah that's, that's, those are still a lot of fun, those episodes to go through. That's definitely um, healthier for the game competitively, I'd say. Um, 
And if you asked me back when I was playing and back when I was podcasting, I'd probably prefer would have preferred that too. Like just yes, I, I'm sure I said that on the show multiple times. Like, can we just get some small tweaks instead of these yep. huge sweeping changes every two weeks? How about we just do some small small t- tweaks so that people that like this character can still play them without them getting nerfed into the ground. Um, yep. But at the same time, looking back, those forced that forced changes to the meta, which made the game fresh like can can constantly fresh like you're always seeing new yeah. characters um you never know who you're gonna play against um yep but yeah that, that's me saying that now haven't been removed for at least five years again at the time I mean, as someone who's been playing the whole time i think i mean i think that's right like it, it is most everything is viable which makes it more in, enjoyable for people who one trick any given champion can be good i mean there's that being said there are some that are significantly weaker than others in general right now but that happens with meta shifts over time uh and yeah i mean like things change but they don't change as drastically the bigger changes are not as much to champions it's more to items and item build paths and uh to different like like you're saying the jungle like they just recently added something called jungle pets this season i don't i'm not going to go in and explain the whole thing but um they changed that uh there's like changes to dragons and things like that that have happened they've added new dragons so there's now because remember they went to the elemental drakes uh they were those were in the game when you were still playing right now there's yeah now, instead of four, they added up to six. Well, when they added up to six, they actually, a couple patches later, removed one of them because everyone collectively hated it so much that they removed it for a year and reworked it, which I was surprised that they did that. Um, but, yeah, like, it's... Uh, they go more at systems for hard changes now rather than the champions themselves. You know, that makes sense because I have logged on... Uh, like a handful of times since I've stopped yeah. playing, really. And I have noticed that the biggest changes, the thing that I was totally lost on was items. Items yep. were so different. I had no clue what was going on. There was there was yeah. this whole, like, you can only buy one... I don't know what the term was. One like of each legendary of item at the one time. One mythic or... and then, the, and yeah, then any legendaries that accompany it. They're actually getting rid of mythics because they don't like how it's performed. But even so, like, they're still... I think every item in the new system, we don't exactly know what it'll be, will still be, you can only buy one of each thing. So you can no longer stack Rod of Ages. You can't stack uh, Sunfire Capes or anything like that, you know? Oh, again, those, <laughs> it was never probably healthy for the game competitively for that to happen, but it was yeah. a lot of fun. It was fun. I used to love going into, like, uh, ARAM or something, or just, like, in normals and trying to build, like, six Rod of Ages and try right. to get them all stacked before the end of the game. Yeah, there you go. That's a nice it, little it was crap, side goal for but you. But it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. Well, that was a nice segue. I enjoyed that. Uh, so, why? Uh, or I guess I know I, you guessed. Uh, you've talked some about what you enjoyed, which is the the patch notes and stuff like that, and also making interesting intros. Uh, what else were some of like your best memories or things that you most enjoyed from it? You know, was it like the the friendships that you made? Was it you know uh, getting... the friends you made along the way? Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, the, 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 as corny as it is, that's actually kind of the answer. Because <laughs> I've met so many cool people um, through the community. I, we have a baller community. I love the Trinity Force community. It's amazing. Yep. Um, and I've made some really close friends through it. So that was probably the biggest positive out of doing it. Um, yeah. I also liked, after every episode, we play a game together. Um, sure. And I, I, just, I loved looking forward to that. Because to me... Um, League was best when you had five people when you were playing with a five-man team. Yes, still is for sure. It's 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 just so much fun. Um, so I I always looked forward to doing that after each episode. So yeah, I the uh, the intros, um, patch notes episodes, the games afterwards, and then the community. Those are probably my favorite yeah. things from the old podcasting are, yeah. times. Yep, those are some of the things that I love the most. So I'm. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that that was what was the highlight of being on before. You know, there was actually, yeah. I, I just thought, um, you know, there, there are some frequently occurring themes that would pop up from answering questions. Um, sure. When you get questions emailed in. And like reflecting back on it, a lot of that advice could be applied outside of the game as well. So yeah. things like, Focusing on what you can control. Big big theme was 
how do I carry my team, right? Like, my team's yeah. doing terrible, but I'm doing well. How do I win the game? It's like, well, if you're going to focus on everything that your team is doing wrong, you're just going to frustrate yourself because you have no control over yep. that. You can you can only focus on what you've done in the game. Um, and even no matter how well you did, you, you weren't perfect. There's always something you can improve on. And if you focus on yourself enough and you play um, enough games and you're constantly giving your team an advantage, then over time you will win more games than you lose. And evidence yes. of that is just watching pro players play. You know, whenever they would do their their bronze to diamond runs or whatever, they would get matched with horrible teammates, but they didn't lose yep. those games because they were really, really good. So it's clear that you alone can have a huge impact on the game, but when you're dealing with smaller margins than those pros, when you're, when you're dealing with... Uh, a lobby where you're just maybe slightly better than everybody else, there's still a large percentage of the time that you're going to lose that game, even though you play really well. The key is focusing on yourself um, so that you don't get frustrated. Um, and then, and you can improve, you know, identifying those things you can improve on. And then playing enough games so that that edge that you give your team makes you win more games than you lose over time. Right? Yeah. Um, that's I mean, that's great advice for for anything. Just focusing on what you can control. In the workplace, I frequently get <laughs> I'm an old man now. I frequently get up get frustrated with what what my coworkers are doing, but I can't do anything about them, right? I I, I can offer my advice, and if they don't want to take it, then uh, all right, I've done all I can do. But I can focus on what I can control. I can focus on my tasks, on my work, on learning what I can, and self-improvement and i think that was a really important theme another one that i like to harp on well, i mean but before we go to the next oh, yeah, one sorry. then uh go ahead. The, like no that was i mean that was great that's something that we've talked about before we've had i mean we've done some episodes that have been dedicated to uh you know gaming and mental health because that's a lot of why oh, yeah. people tilt and there's uh toxicity and stuff which no matter how many behavioral systems they try to implement will always be a thing because sometimes life sucks for humans and that's just what's happening. So yeah, I mean, and over time, the, like the average level of mechanics has gotten a lot better in league as you would expect people to get better over time. So now the advantages that, uh, you know, a diamond person has relative to a silver, like some of its mechanics and some of its game knowledge, but a lot of it is also the mental of not, you know, of not tilting and, not uh, flaming your teammates or spam pinging them or just keeping a cool head like, oh, that play didn't work. All right, what's the next move? Mm -hmm. uh, or thinking your way through that. And a lot of that is, yes, yeah, stuff focusing on what you can control and not the others, but also doing that in a positive way of like, as opposed to, oh, everyone else is terrible. I don't give a shit about them and I'm going to mute everything else because I'm the main character. Like main character syndrome is not what's going to get you to climb if that's what you're trying to do or really have a good time, I would think either. Oh, yeah. Ultimately, it's a game and for fun. And if you're always like angry or ignoring everyone else, like I, I d personally don't see how you would have fun with that either. Yeah, great points. I agree with all of that. I, I, I think back to uh, De Claude. Um, Speaking of old podcasters, right? Someone, someone who started before yeah. me, Claude, um, renowned for his puns. He was re <laughs> relentlessly optimistic when he played. Like, never. He would get frustrated because he's human. He would get frustrated with teammates, but yep. he'd never voice that. He'd never get into an argument. He would always focus on what we can do next to win, and he would also never surrender, which. Might be a little controversial for some people, but I loved it. Whenever I played with the Claude, I was always his second no vote. We're not surrendering. If we got a chance... The, the, the old Roman quote, uh, the victor is not victorious if the, the vanquished does not consider himself so. We haven't lost Ooh, yet. Okay. They haven't won because we haven't lost. Let's keep playing. I, I, I just love that about him. Um, so... I mean, he 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 loved playing the game. He had a great time. He was really good. Um, I just think he had a he had a had that great mindset about it. Where when you don't get tilted, you play a lot better. Yeah, and it's super you know, true. And and sometimes people flame people for refusing to vote no, which now would no longer be a problem for you because in the last like couple of months they implemented anytime anyone offers a surrender vote, 
it's anonymous who's doing it and it doesn't tell you about like who's voting or anything like that so it's completely anonymous the whole process everything like that nice and if somebody is like oh i just want to give up and surrender at you know 15 or 20 minutes if they put forward a surrender vote and it fails then they have to because it's normally like three minutes you have to wait in between now that person after it fails can't put one forward for six minutes so it stops the spam votes as much and, and i would hope that would um that longer time period would make people refocus on the game like well i i, I can't you know i have to wait six minutes for to try to surrender again so i might as well play but i know that there are probably some people that just go afk i mean there, there, are, yeah, there are always or... those people that like the game is so lost I, I can't i can't play another second i must leave yeah, or they're going to say something like, if I have to wait six minutes, uh, I could probably make my team lose it by then. So mm. then I'm just going to act actively destroy the game rather yeah. than trying or rather than going AFK. Because if you're like AFK for like 90 seconds or so, the system detects it and tells you. And then uh, they have very good like AFK detection systems in the game now. So the best way to like lose a game and not get banned for it is not to AFK. It's like intentionally make bad choices that kind of look good where you that system wouldn't detect <laughs> oh, wow. it they've got they've gotten a lot better e at even the inters are more sophisticated now yeah they are incredible yeah. oh so yeah the other thing i wanted to mention um mm -hmm. was the the concept of oh i gotta i gotta think back to how how i phrased this it was talking about time and how we would put deadlines on ourselves um sure so a lot of reason, or a big reason why people would stress during solo queue or during competitive seasons and, and thus start flaming or yelling at teammates, yada, yada, yada. There's all the stress due to the end of the season and trying to make a goal by the end of the season. And, yep. you know, I, that, that led to, well, I have to win this game or I have to win this string of games. Because um, if I don't make my goal by the end of the season, then whatever, I failed or whatever. Um and, and I read something, that, uh, an article, I wish I kept it, that, that kind of changed that mindset where it said, you know, stop stop setting deadlines and stop paying so close attention to time. Like, just ignore the concept of time. If if you don't make your goal by the end of the season, there's going to be another season. There's yeah. always going to be another season. There's no reason you have to hit your goal this time. Now, it's, it's great to have that goal, and you should strive to hit it. But if you don't hit it, it's not the end of the world. You have all yep. the time that you need to eventually hit that goal. So when I read that, it, it really did change my mindset to, wow, I, I don't need to force myself to play even though I'm on, I'm on a losing streak. Um, you know, I, I don't need... Losing this game is not the end of the world, right? If, I, if I'm in a... Even if I'm in a promo series and I lose the promo series, that's okay. There'll be another promo series. And if there's not, yep. there's always next season. So I think... I, I try to get that point across to people um, on the show that, that talked about, you know, trying to hit goals and, and, and competitive ladder climbing stress. And I hope I made that point because it's kind of a complicated one. Um, but it's, I think it's a really beneficial mindset. It definitely is a beneficial mindset. And I, I do remember some of that from when I used to listen uh, back when you were on the, the oh, podcast. That I warms my heart. Being more, I remember it being more about that. And I think that uh well okay two things one i don't yes people still stress a lot but it's a lot less crucial to stress because now they give uh as of this year they're giving the victorious skin to everybody as soon as long as they play a certain amount of games so before it was gold and below didn't or uh below gold didn't get it so everyone would be trying to hit gold and then you'd have a glut of people at gold four and then a glut of people at silver four yeah or not silver four at plat four and then diamond and stuff like that. So now everyone gets them. It's just that if you're below gold, you have to play more games. You don't have to win more. You just have to play more games. And then they give out different chromas depending on which tier you ended in. So everyone gets it as long as you weren't, um, as long as you weren't banned too recently or anything like that. So then you know disciplinary reasons disincentivize uh, people being from bet, people being toxic and stuff. But also, I think that. At least for people that listen to this podcast, and I don't know how many people actually do because it's hard to get accurate statistics with our old system that we're still on. Um, but uh, we, all the hosts now, I mean, we're all pretty good at the game. We're not amazing. Like, we're all in, 
what was before like high plat diamond they added a new tier but like for all intents and purposes we're all like high plat to low diamond level of players and we play sometimes in like in normals like i get matched with like masters people sometimes so like we're still pretty damn good at the game relative to the general populace but we're never on the podcast saying like oh i need to hit like i put my goal this season because i finished like plat four last season because it's just I have a life, you know, like right. I, have, I have things outside of life uh, that I want to be doing and I don't want to, I have other games I want to play, like other shit that I want to do. Like I'm not going to sit here and play like 600 ranked games or something. It takes so, a lot of games. Uh, yeah. It takes a really fucking long time. So like, yeah, I'd love to get back to diamond this season, but if I don't, oh, well, that's okay. I'm still like not, I'm actively getting a bit better over time and I'm enjoying playing the game and that's it. And that's the, the message that most of us like that our podcast basically is still putting forward, like with the multiple different hosts that we have there, everyone is still saying like, even if they didn't reach their goal, like I haven't met my goal in the last two or three years that I've set for myself. Fine. I'm still having fun playing and everything like that's, that's what's most important. And I, I think that the people that play with us get that. Uh, and the people that uh, listen, get that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like it's 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 really good to have some goals. You know, if you have the time to dedicate yeah. to try to try to hit those goal, goals. I mean, it feels really good when you do. But I think, like you said, the two most important things are: are you in, are you having fun, and are you improving? Um. Again, yeah. if if you even if you care about improving, right? That people some people might not even care about that. If they might just play purely for fun, and I love that. Yeah. That's great for them. Yeah. And, so, and also, like, if you're going to set goals, which is great to have goals, they don't even need to necessarily be where you are on the ranked ladder relative goals. They yeah. could be improving your CS numbers. They could be improving your KDA. They could be learning new champions. They could be, like, you could have all sorts of plethora of goals that are uh, not as discreet as, did I reach diamond? Did I reach platinum? Did I reach gold? Like, it, there's, there's all sorts of different aspirations that you can have for playing in the game and it's good to have those but if you just want to play for fun like fucking go for it and that's that's why they have uh a couple of more like casual game modes that are in the game for people who are just more casual players one of my best friends has been playing since i don't actually know when he started but uh he's been at least playing he played ranked for several seasons like season seven through uh maybe like 11 or so i didn't know him before then because he he moved from South Korea, so he, international student. I met him in college, but now he he plays a lot still. But he just plays in Arams because he doesn't want to oh, yeah, play in yeah. Summoners Rift all that much. And there's a lot of people that are like Aram or die, and <laughs> that's a lot of fun too. That's yeah, I, I have heard of those Aram purists as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> it boggled my mind at the time, but you know, bless him for it. If they're having fun, yeah, then more power to you. Aram's a lot of fun. I when the stats came out for last season, a little about forty percent of my games from last season were Aram games. I played nice. a lot too. It's just it's just so casual. Like a lot of the times I don't have the I don't have the right mental that I wanna have for going into ranked. Like I'm not I don't have the patience that I'm gonna need for dealing with like teammates. So yeah. or I don't I don't wanna have to focus and turn on my brain that hard so I can throw on a TV show on my other monitor and play some ARAM and like, it's fine. All I got to do is focus on like running forward and killing people. <laughs> right. You can still get all the, uh, the benefits of league and those mechanics, but you don't, yeah. you don't have that, have to have that hyper focus of someone who's rift. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I guess why, um, what eventually brought you away from the podcast? Uh, if you don't mind my asking, that's right. Like what, what made you stop podcasting? Cause I know it wasn't a love of, it wasn't a love of lack of podcasting nor of playing league. Um, actually, or maybe league did get old. It, it, that That's exactly what it was. It's, it's, okay. it's not a very profound, um, answer to the question. It was just that I'd been playing league, um, again for like eight years at that point. Which, yeah. which for me, just it just kind of got old. Or I thought, yeah. all right, I, I don't, I'm not really playing as much as I used to be. I don't have the desire to play as much as I used to be. And if I'm not playing the game, I can't be on the podcast to talk about it. Very um, true. You know, so I, th I think for a, maybe a month or so, maybe a couple months, I would, I would join the podcast and I'd pay attention to patch notes. But I wasn't really playing, and I could, I noticed that. I started to fall out of touch with the meta. Like, well, I can't, I can't do this anymore then, because I don't, yeah. I don't know what's going on with the game, and I, I just 
don't have that desire anymore. Um, so after yeah. I stopped, um, after I stopped being on Turning to Force, uh, a little bit, a little bit later, the General Gaming Podcast uh, asked me to come on, and so I kind of hopped over to that instead. Um, made some really good friends over there. I still talk to them. Like that's that's the channel I hang out with in Discord now. So if you ever if you never jump, jumped into the general gaming channel, that's where I hang out. Um, come on by, say hi. We have a good time. Um, nice. So yeah, I did that for like two more years, and then that podcast got shut down because because <laughs> nobody listened to it. <laughs> but gotcha. it was really fun. I had a good time with that. Yeah, I mean that's some of the most fun about podcasting is like I don't think that the Trinity Force podcast has that many listeners anymore. I have no illusions that we're the most popular league podcast or anything like that. I know that we're like the longest running for sure, but there's professional ones made by Riot now. So wow. like, I know that there's no way that I'm going to be any, that we're going to be anywhere near the top of that. And that's okay. But ooh, I actually hit my desk with my knee, but uh, we still have fun doing it. And we still have the community and stuff that we cater to. We haven't done a tournament in a while, but we still do the tournaments every uh, probably six months or so. I kind of want to do one in October because they're releasing a temporary game mode, which if there's customs, then we can do a tournament for that. Um, but we still do those events every once in a while and it's just a good time. So like, that's, that's the biggest, like, I mean, we've talked about it a few times on this pod, but that's what I and a lot of people love most about being a part of a podcast and being a part of a community that listens to a podcast is the people, it's the friendships, it's the connections, um, that you can easily make and as opposed to sometimes it's harder to find those people if you're going solely off of people you find in real life. Yeah. I, you get to you get to meet gamers, yeah. I, again, I love that about this community. I think it's a fantastic community. And I'm glad that, you know, we, we all do this because we're having fun. And that just... Yes. I think that enhances the quality. Makes everything better. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. Um, whew. I mean, I, I didn't really have, I mean, I know I sent over those questions. I didn't have that much more of an, uh, agenda at all. Like, I think we kind of ran through anything that I had pre-planned in my brain that I wanted to hit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you could ask me any questions if you want, or if you, or we can, we can call it here. Cause this is a solid 50, 52 minutes or so. Like, you know, this, this floor is open. This has been a great conversation. Um, yeah. Again, thanks for having me on. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't suppose you know offhand how many hosts there have been in the last five Ooh. years. Okay. I mean, I, me... I think it's a pretty long pantheon of great people at this point. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Okay, so let me start to think about this. So I've been on for uh, like two about two full years at this point, and I've been running it basically the whole time. Um, I, right now, I have three other podcasters on with me that are not necessarily all there every episode, but um, we have three. So it's four currently people. There was one that we had for a few months and then dropped off. Uh, so we're up to five. I can think of at least like another five within the last couple of years, last few years. Um, prior to me joining, I would honestly guess that there's pro in the last like five years or so, it's probably been about 20 ish people that have come and gone or are still active. That's incredible. That'd be my guess. What a community. Yeah. Again, yeah. pantheon of incredible hosts, podcast hosts for the Trinity Force podcast. Yep, and we've talked with a few of them, and I'm continuing to slowly, when I have time and remember to, reach out to talk with more of them. So we really need a, a yeah. Wikipedia page or something to catalog the history of the of the show. I'll get on it. I'll start building <laughs> a Wikipedia page then. <laughs> Fantastic! Yes, excellent. Good work. I don't suppose. Um, um, do you do you do the audio work? Do you like? I do the editing now. Oh, yes. Okay. Remember back in the day, yeah, Lancifer used to do yeah. it. Yeah, but he wanted to stop doing it uh, last fall. Oh, and wow. And so then we we hopped on a – yeah, he's been doing it for a long time. He, we just hopped on a Discord call, and he showed me how to do it, and it was it's actually really simple. So, um, yeah, that guy was yeah, amazing. But, he, he'd been doing it for so long. Yep, very consistent. Like I remember we would upload it to the Dropbox. I would message him in Discord like, hey, everything's there, and he would edit it and have it out 
uh, on time almost always and for free and never asked anything. He was amazing. What a guy. And a lot of fun to still play League with because I think he still plays sometimes. Oh, yeah? I've played with a few times with him, yeah. Played some Clash games or stuff like that, yeah. Oh, right, Do you, Clash. Do you know what Clash is? That's, um, oh, yeah. All right, so I'm pretty sure I know what this is. It is it is 5v5s, right? It's pre-made fives. Yes. And is it specific times that it's open? Like you can only do Clash yes. certain days of the week? or. So Clash, you're right, it is pre-made 5v5s. Um, People can enter it if they are not pre-mades. There's a free agent system where someone oh. can set up a team and then just invite people, well, and then fancy. they can... Yeah, so there is something like that that you can do. But it's uh, the team only lasts for one day. So uh, after playing the games, then the team dissolves. So if you want to play with your friends, you just it's really easy. You just go into the Clash tab and you like literally type in a name, type in a three character uh, acronym, for like abbreviation for your team, and then just like invite your four friends. It's It takes like... 10 seconds um but they're uh so clash games are only i've only ever seen them on saturday and sunday uh in north america i know that there's they're at different times across the across the world so i think they always just run on saturdays and sundays um i don't know exactly what time because the time that it opens depends on where you are and your team is ranked collectively like your average rank there's different tiers for time opening um and i think that's because to like minimize server load uh so anyone who's in like the bottom tier can sign up the whole time frame but anyone who's in the top tier can only sign up like the last hour and a half or so um that sort of stuff but it's yeah it's summoner's rift although they have done a couple of aram clashes Ooh. which i played in one of them i wasn't able to play uh two weekends ago i had some friends in town so i couldn't play but um yeah it was those are a lot of fun and they're gonna they said they want to continue to do those every once in a while but it's yeah it's summoner's rift and then um the games are basically the same as a custom but you everyone has access to every champion uh so that you can like optimize trading and stuff. Cause sometimes in games, like if you play like flex or, you know, any, any five V fives, someone might not have a champion and it totally fucks up the whole process. Yep. Yeah. So there's that. Um, is it a, a limited number of games? Yeah. So it's every, every class tournament is three, except for the class tournaments around the world championships are four. They do it uh, to hype it up for worlds. Yeah. And so if you win all of your games, you get, you know, first you get first place and you get all of the stuff, but you're placed in a 16 uh, person bracket. Got it. Um, or maybe eight or 12, or I don't exactly know, but it's, yeah, three games worth that everyone would be able to play a game. So I think it's 12 then technically. Um, if you lose or win your first game, that determines if you're in the consolation bracket. So it changes your... It's kind of dumb how it does that, in my opinion, because if you lose your first one but win your next three, you still get worse prizes than if you win your first one and lose the next three. So, I don't know. There, I mean, it's not perfect anyway. It's Riot. So, it yeah. sounds like a pretty um, fun system, though. A nice it fun is really event fun. thing to do on the weekend. Yes, exactly. Super fun to do. You purchase a ticket for some blue essence, for some IP, and... Uh, it's not that expensive. You go in with your friends. Yeah. Um, it's not uncommon to see Smurfs on alternative accounts, which is not fun. It's not uncommon either, though, to see uh, if somebody, if you lose, then some of the teams that lose their game will just immediately, they forfeit and leave. So then anyone that mm. is slotted against them gets an automatic win, which is kind of dumb. Um, I mean, it's just people who, if they didn't come in first, they don't want to play at all. Right. They're the they're the kids that take their ball home and don't want to play. Yep. <laughs> Nobody likes those guys. Yeah, but no, not at all. But Clash is a lot of fun. Yeah. I also got to ask, what's your main role? Yeah. So I'm a jungler uh, in main. I do, however, play. Um, I don't play. I used to queue. Okay, so. I've gone through a lot of main roles up until like season six. I didn't really have one. And then I played, uh, I was a Ziggs player in mid. And then after that in season seven, I was a middle sticks player, uh, uh 
almost exclusively until they nerf. I still remember it was like halfway. Th- I think it was like seven point twelve or something. I don't remember the exact number, but they nerfed his the the bird, which it, he's been reworked since then. But that bird used to do two hundred percent damage to monsters, so I just didn't have to interact and then could do funky shenanigans like over the wall. Uh, over like one hundred and ten games, I had a seventy percent win That's rate. That's so amazing. I was, I was killing with that thing. Oh yeah. But th- then they nerfed it out of being a thing. God, so yeah. right, but then fun. I, yeah, I always I know. Have. Then I went to being I went to being a jungler and I've kind of sticked with it since. So um yeah, although I do play top lane sometimes. Uh I play I mean reworked Scion. I mean you played with him, so oh, yeah. he yeah, I still play with him a decent amount. Um I play support sometimes too. Really I I can play mid. I'm not as good at it anymore because any of the champions that I like to play have either gotten a lot harder to play or they're just not as fun for me uh, to play personally. And then if I'm in ADC, like I enjoy playing all the roles. If I'm in ADC, I can really only play a couple of champions effectively. I can play Ezreal and Caitlyn, or those really the main two, actually. Uh, the two uh, weakest ones right now, right? Yeah, they are. Duh. But if uh, but they did just buff Caitlyn, so we'll see how that lands. Um, they lowered her the amount of autos needed to get like the headshot primed really? by one so you get it in five instead of six now um so yeah but like that's that's mainly what i play i i play all over the place though nice. um i when i'm playing with friends i just throw in phil as my role because i don't care mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah it's good to have it was always good to have you know a, a handful of champions you could play at any role because I, I, I don't know how i guess i should ask is is do you always get your preferred role in, in solo queue now, or is it still you just you? Uh, for the almost yeah. So IQ jungle, and then either top or support, depending on how I'm feeling that day. Um, and if IQ jungle top, I basically get jungle. I'd say about seventy or eighty percent of the time. Okay, if good. IQ jungle support, I get jungle about the same amount. Um, if I don't feel like playing anything other than jungle, like you jungle mid, because you, no one ever gets put mid as their secondary. Yeah. And if you queue as a priority role where there's not a lot of people, meaning like jungle or support, you're guaranteed, you're almost guaranteed to get that. Like last season, I queued jungle mid the whole season and over like, let's, I think it was like 200 or maybe 300 games. I think I got mid twice. Wow. Yeah. Mid not, still people don't popular. like playing it. Pete, Jungle is not popular. Mid is the most popular role. Yeah, it's like jungle and then support and then top and then ADC and then mid as number one. Yeah, interesting. People do not like playing jungle. I don't know why. I think it's so much fun. Yeah, you that roaming, that freedom. You're not you're not confined to a lane. I mean, it was always support I don't have when to... I was playing. That was the the lowest play rate. Yeah, but that's that's changed over time. I think with some of the champions that have been released to be more carry focused that are still geared around being supports, there's been a few of them that have been released. So I think that might be it, but I, and also the jungle has gotten more complex over time. So maybe that's it as well, but I'd like not having to worry about trading with people and just using my brain for macro stuff and really not looking at my champion when I'm clearing camps. It's just, I'm gonna hit my F keys and look around and stuff. That's that's a lot more how I work. I'm not the I'm gonna out right click you and do stuff <laughs> like that. It's I'm I'm gonna notice where you're moving on the map mm-hmm. and where it makes sense economically to be going certain places and do the mind games and the predictions and shit like that. I, I do love that strategic ad- aspect about it, and I'm yeah. also recalling times. Or partly because of there's so much strategy to it, and partly because of the huge changes they always make to jungle, that it could be a, yep. also a very intimidating role. It also it felt like it always yes. re- required the most research into what's the most optimal jungle route, and what's the most optimal jungle route for the character I'm playing, and that could also change based on the enemy jungler. That could change. That could, that could change on um, like what strong lanes your team has, what strong lanes the enemy has. Jungler is pretty complex. That's what I'm trying to say. It is. It is. It, yeah. It definitely has the highest barrier to entry, bar none. It's it's by far the highest barrier to entry. But yeah, like there's. Uh, did they have practice tool when you were playing? I don't. No? Remember. Okay. I mean, you could play. I think they. D- if it's what I'm thinking of, I think they did. Where you could spawn things and you could test your 
lasting mechanics. Yeah, and... you could get yes, yeah. all of that. You can you could get unlimited gold and things like that to try out different shit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think that was pretty so, late when I was playing, but it was there. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so that's like how I and then other people make videos and like try to figure out when new jungle champions get released or when people are like learning how to deal with the new jungle. They're trying out different paths on how to most optimally clear. Uh, there's actually a, a channel that I see like their Instagram videos. I don't, I could, I don't know what it's called, but they try to get the fastest clear they can with any, with all the champions. Um, and some of the, you know, some league champions don't have kits that will clear the jungle very right. well. So some of them, it's like, uh, if you're on pace and doing fine, right? It's like a about a two minute clear, two fifteen or so is pretty good. There's some champions that have videos on that channel where it's like three and a half or four <laughs> minutes or something like that. The fact that they can clear it all is a testament to yeah. that, I guess. They're, the the players' skill and their ability to find a way to clear the jungle. Manage the patience of the camps and everything. Yeah, it, it's uh yeah, jungle definitely has. Uh, a lot of complexity to it. I know that I've spent uh, a couple of hours and learning how to double camp with fiddlesticks, um, be able to because he can drain multiple targets now. Ooh. So being able to drain more than one target at once, like and make sure that they're not far enough away from their spawn point so that I can still hit both of them at the same time. But they, at the, that's my one thing that I fucking hated about this preseason. They changed the leash ranges so that. Now it's nigh impossible to double camp. You can lead mm. one camp towards the other as you're finishing it, but no one can double camp anymore because the ranges are way thinner now, way smaller. They removed a lot of the skill of physically clearing the jungle. Well, that stinks. Again, Riot hates yeah. fun. Always have. Is it, is, yep. it, is everything <laughs> always the jungler's fault still? Is that is that still a thing? Yeah. Blame the jungler? 100%. Okay. Yes, and if it's the and if it and if you're playing jungle, it's everyone. It's your laner's fault. Yeah. Oh right. Well, of course. Yes. No, it's always the jungle. It, it is fault, known. Yeah. Those are the rules of league. Yep. I should say I do enjoy like when I'm when I'm playing like five stack or so. Like even if as a jungler, like if I do really well and someone else does really poorly and we lose for you know whatever reason, like not to flame them, but I'm like ah, oh, I guess like huh. It was my fault, the jungler's fault then, when they have like a right. 20 and 0 Dar Jung Darius or something running yeah. over that. I, yeah, just jungle, jungle diff. That's it. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some things I don't miss about it. Yeah. I think that's all I had. had cool. I had a great time talking to you. Yeah, likewise. This has been a lot of fun, and I'm sure everyone's going to enjoy uh, listening to it. And I'll, I'm going to throw out a big announcement to make sure that everyone knows that. Uh, if they don't listen anymore, that they should come and listen to this to get some nostalgia feel. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. nostalgia. I know it well. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's been about an hour of nostalgia during this. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks for doing this, and I'm gonna stop the recording in a second, and then we can figure out the the business details or whatever that we need to do. So, awesome. this has been great. Thank you. Thank you again. This has been awesome. So happy you got to do this. Thanks for listening to our product and being a member of the Trinity Force Network community. If you have a moment, please head over to iTunes and give your favorite show a comment and a rating. If you're so inclined, you can check out all of the other great shows in the network. We've got a wide variety of content from League of Legends to general gaming and role-playing podcasts. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found on Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit under T-Force Network. We've also got a Patreon under that name where you can support your favorite shows with a small donation each month. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you continue to enjoy all of our podcasts, videos, and the community that we provided.